Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. You're from Wisconsin, right? Nope. Hello. <laughs> what? Have they brought that commercial back yet? I feel like it has in, to be. Way? It has to be, right? Was I, that, was, yeah. I was thinking about it the other day because obviously having like a 15-year-old and a almost 13-year-old yeah. all day at the house is bruh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Bruh. Even yeah. Lila had some friends over the other day and they're just chatting. I'm like, bruh. 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 Bro, it's like you're like even to us, like bro, dude. What do you dude, mean, man, bro, dude? So I feel like there needs to be a new Bud Light commercial that's just bro, 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 bro. And I kept I kept thinking of the um, the uh, Minor Threat album cover with all the sheep on it. And the mm, one black sheep. Out of step. And then that yep. yeah, out of step and that the uh, all the white sheep would just have clouds above them saying bruh. <laughs> bruh. 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 That's so funny. Yeah, right our our ten year old, he tried to do the bras a couple years ago. I felt like it was something he saw on YouTube or something, or some gamers yeah. everyone was saying bruh. But it didn't stick. I don't think a, I don't think the friend group was, was there for it yet. It'll be there. Just it's wait. Coming. It'll show up, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Bruh. Uh, Bruh. So uh, today is Monday. Halftime. Halftime. Half. <laughs> I don't know the name of the show. Half. 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 Time. Half. Time. Yes. And half time. <laughs> half time. Hello. Welcome to half time. Half time. I feel like, I like, the Bo- like the Boris Karloff, um, uh, <laughs> the Grinch narration. Like, oh yes, the Grinch. Yes. Um, half time. Half time. <laughs> we should do an all, all all British accented uh, episode one yeah. week. Um, today we are talking about um, my interview with. Uh, Jeff Jeff Rosenberg Rosenberg yes yeah it was awesome yeah how fun how funny and weird is he he's awesome <laughs> I say that yeah. having known him for a long time and kind of going oh yeah Jeff's awesome and weird yeah no it was great because um, a uh, I didn't know so John Dwyer was half of Pink and Brown yes had no idea <laughs> okay I had did, no we, idea. did we make it clear in the interview yeah then yeah he kept talking no, that's about where John. i learned yeah. it oh, okay okay Cause, yeah because he kept talking about john at the beginning and then yeah. you you kind of clarified that we were talking about john dwyer yeah and then um i mean he seems like i feel like i've met john maybe in passing at times being in la oh yeah um but that um that the energy just seems crazy. So it seems like all of the stories, it's just one after another, like everybody had a then, well, you know, then John, 
John uh, John stepped in and was like part of this band or part was like selling weed on his Vespa or whatever it oh, was. Oh, the the, the the Providence story is, yeah. is, is the John story. Yes, I know, and I think I, I don't know if Jeff brought it up in the interview or we talked about it after. But he's like, well, "Are you talking to John for this thing?" I was like, "Yeah, but I feel like I feel like the John interview is such a bigger interview. Like, obviously, yes, maybe you know he could, maybe he's the linchpin for Providence Part Two. Yeah, you know, maybe that's I'd kind of wrap him into that. But I also just feel like he's become more known as um, as OC's John, the OC's, which yeah. is San Francisco or maybe even LA yeah. as a location. So he has surpassed whatever the Providence stuff was. But I think Providence was obviously a big part of his it's his origin story. Well, you wasn't know, it's, he? It's, didn't he grow up there? I think so. Best so I can it tell. sounded yeah. like that's what Jeff was saying, and then and so. The interesting thing about that is that all of those people grew up somewhere else and went to like become their thing in Providence. Yeah. And he grew up in Providence and is like, I need to go somewhere else to make my thing because I'm not staying in my small hometown. <laughs> this, is, this is where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah. So, but, but it was interesting though that, that Jeff was kind of the interface with, with John and the, and yeah. the kind of the weird art scene kind of bringing with sort of what um joel set up as this idea of you know where the locals and the and the out-of-town art students sort of combined was what really made that like kind of the, the friction and the excitement you know and the contrast yeah. of sort of these high art ideas and and kind of just burned out locals you know or just people that were lived in the city that was there was a big separation there but then when those combined there was an explosive kind of like excitement about you know the, a scene that could be created yeah totally. You know, so it wasn't just art students and it wasn't just locals it was this kind of influx there and i think john dwyer is probably that perfect example of that yeah that in between mm -hmm. yeah and i mean i love how jeff when he talked about music too that he talked about that um yeah he loved all the craziness and all the loud everything but also was very um, very much trying to like, I don't want to say perfect, but get a little bit more of like thoughtful, technical aspect to whatever he was doing and like really trying to like, well, I, I was doing all that stuff, but I, I really was trying to like, how do I make this song a little better? How do I make these parts a little bit more like, like, like that he's thinking about it a little bit more and trying to um, like go that way instead of just, you know, a lot of that music does sound like two dudes just going for it, <laughs> you know, and yeah. trying to like step back from that a little bit of like, yeah, it's still like two dudes going for it, but we're trying to be like thoughtful of like, how do, how do we want to come across? How do we want our music to sound and the parts and like, yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, I've always kind of thought of Jeff as a fairly thoughtful sort of person, you yeah. know, and, and, um, you know, just really, he always seemed to be the more adult person of, of I mean, the he smell. was at Brown. The, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has some, <laughs> some proper, there was, there's some type of properness, but, oh, but it was funny too, but he also comes from, from Michigan outside of Detroit, which I think, you know, he was saying he even crosses over with um, like Wolf Eyes. Oh yeah. Another kind right. of noising stuff. So, which is really right. kind of a funny sort of background. So he's not really a blue blood kind of person, you know, of, yeah. of the Ivy league. So again, yeah. I think there's that kind of dichotomy in him too, of that like working class guy, but aspiring to do more and to, and, yeah. do, and achieving more and doing more. Well, but, definitely uh, smart enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, 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 but he always, I think what I, so I met him while they were doing y young people and Jarrett, um, uh, Silberman, 
who was in Young People also was one of the founders of The Smell. So The Smell was started by three okay, people. Jim Smith, it. who still runs it today. Ara, yeah. I, I don't know Ara's last name. I'm, or it's, I'm not, it's not coming to the, my front of my brain right now. So Jim, Jarrett, and Ara were the three friends that started The Smell. So inevitably, Jarrett starting a band or being in a band, they would play The Smell a lot. And there was kind of yeah. a crossover there. So I felt like those early days of, of me going to The Smell when I was 18, 19, I would see, you know, these very thoughtful, um, artistic, <laughs> slightly older people, five five to six years older than me. And it was like, wow, th- these guys must have went to colleges or something. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've read books and seen movies yeah. that I have not. And this is exciting. What an exciting world to come into. Well, and they were... Um... That that's when the smell was in North Hollywood. So it was North Hollywood, and then but the, right. and but only for like you know I only went to the North Hollywood location once, and oh, then when okay. I moved to downtown, I, that's when I where I went more. So I moved downtown in '99. I think I think North Hollywood is kind of '90 late '97, '98, and then '99. Okay, moved down. Yeah, I only knew the downtown yeah. one. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, how how does it feel for you to go back and talk about? all of these things. Cause so many, so many of these, um, relationships that you have with a lot of the people that have been on the podcast kind of come from, I mean, 20 years ago. Yeah. So it seems like, how does it, how does it <laughs> feel like sitting back and kind of like reminiscing a bit about all of these things? <laughs> well, I think, you know, you know, I've, I hope it comes across how much, um, respect, and, and how much of it, uh, I guess respect's not even the right word, but almost awe and admiration I have for most of these guests because, yeah. it, you know, the people, especially the people that I go back with this far, in essence, you know, these were my heroes or these my, you know, my musical heroes, you know, then I try to, I try to be friendly and cordial and uh, collegiate or, uh, or, you know, we're contemporaries of, you know, I feel very fortunate to, to be able to call people and they answer or, or you know, or they text and they text, you know, yeah. and I can get, invite them on a show like this and they'll be willing to come because yeah. it's, it's like, it just as easily be like, you know, they would fuck off. But in yeah. my mind, it's like, these are some of the, like, um, some of the luminaries or people that I really looked up to and making music in the early days. And I, and I think at the time, and when you're in your twenties, you know, it's not cool to say like, you're my hero <laughs> or like, yeah. like, wow, I look up to you or, or it's almost, it's almost obvious. It's like, of course this, this, you know, of course I look up to this person. He's making rad music and doing stuff and touring and all these things. You know, I think there's, um, I think it's almost too, it's just apparent doesn't even have to be said, but now this many yeah. years in, it's like, Oh, just want to let you know, you know, you, you probably changed my life in, in so yeah. many small ways that you don't even know. And it, and so hopefully by having them on and getting to talk a little bit about that, I can acknowledge that in some ways, but also without being weird, <laughs> without being super weird about it. Like, oh, remember that time when this happened? Cause you know, it's, it's, it's a funny one where I feel, you know, whatever no age has achieved has, is, was more than I could ever anticipate. However, mm-hmm. we also didn't, we didn't, you know, um, became become super famous either you know what i mean i yeah. think we're big in, in a very small world or mm-hmm. very small in a much bigger world you know we're a very oft-sized kind of um band and, and i would have to say you know without feigning humbleness is you know it's we're not really that big of a deal as yeah. the year as the years go on i'm i'm very i'm very understandable <laughs> understanding my, my <laughs> the small nature of myself i think in the middle of it my, my head was you know definitely capable of being inflated past um normal sizes but as as time goes on i'm like oh yeah we're a very small thing however that being said 
anything I've accomplished, I can, I can trace back to some very seminal influences. And I think, you know, as soon when I come to do the podcast, like that's who I'd want to have on to at least yeah. talk about it, you know? Yeah. Just talk to them because well, it's just fun. I admire these people. I want to know more about them. If I'm going to interview somebody, it's like you pick your heroes, right? Well, and I think it's interesting too, because, um, I've had that situation where when we had our little gallery, which again was a very little tiny niche thing that was that was like important to like maybe seven hundred people total. <laughs> That's but not that, bad. That's but that good. but that so many people that I knew from that again were my artistic heroes, these people that I was like, Oh my god, how are you doing this? How are you being an artist for a living? And how do you you know, it's like just amazing and amazing people, whatever. And then like five years later after the gallery and everything, I realized I had never hung out with or talked with the majority of those people outside of the, like a night at the gallery or like seeing them at a bar. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't know anything about any of these people. (laughs) I know there (laughs) are, and I know like we get along socially, but that like, and, and that, and that reminds me too, like when you're talking to all your old friends and you guys are talking about stuff, it made me realize how many people from all those years ago that I spent so much time with that I never saw them like during the day. <laughs> yeah. Real, like in, in real life, like it's like, oh no, I probably had like 500 conversations with that person between 11 o'clock and two in the morning. Oh, that's and, hilarious. And I don't know if yeah. we ever saw each other during the day. I don't know where they live. I don't know. I've never like seen them maybe without us both having beers in our hands. Yeah. And the, but there's so many people. And, and this has also made me go through some, like I was looking for those lightning bolt photos that I took oh, yeah. and I'm like, God, oh, there's gotta be a whole roll. Like, no, there's five photos. There's five, <laughs> five pictures. Cause I had, a, and, and they have like a date stamp on them. Cause it, it's like an oh, old, that's old, um, point and shoot. That's incredible. But then, but it really makes me look. And then on that same roll, it was, uh, a show from the troubadour with, um, Le Savvy Fav and, or Le Savvy Fav. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and oh god what other band anyway another completely another band and then there's photos at the end of that role from the smell from another band and then joel from dios like some pictures of him just at a bar and then and i was just looking through and i'm like was this all in the same day was this all <laughs> could have been right but this this is probably like six I mean, parties I, in, a, in one night i wouldn't have had had like one roll of film and a camera for very long. Like this must have all been in just a couple of days. And it really made me think of, but everything's at night, you know, like not very much during the day. And it really made me think of like how many of these people and how great these interviews that you're doing are to like kind of encapsulate these moments of going like, okay, now that it's been 15 years or 20 years or whatever, like what were you going through? We're all older and um, I think that they really come across as like really cool interviews also about things that I thought that I knew about and that I know knew nothing. I'm like, I didn't know Jeff Rosenberg, but then I knew pink and Brown and then I know John Dwyer. And then I know, and he's like, Oh yeah. And then I was in another band with, uh, with Brian Gibson from lightning bolt was our drummer. And then I was a drummer in another band. And then it was, and you're just hearing all these things like, 
oh, those were really fun times. I remember those times. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> we were in a band, band once that yeah. played a show. And I, and I just kept thinking of like, what is it about those times of people in their like late teens to maybe 30s that feels like <clears throat> it's a band. We have to start a band. There's something in like the brain of people that young that are like, I need a, a group of people to move forward with. And, but uh, it's, it's the gang mentality. I know Ian Sfinoni yeah. is from Nation of Ulysses and Makeup and, you know, et cetera. He, um, he wrote a great book or an essay about band culture, especially, you know, kind of stemming from, you know, fifties into the Beatles. And, and, and it was a great, I thought it was a great reflection, you know, on, on, on that tribalism of, of, of what it meant to be in a band. But you, you often, you know, say it's like pirates, right? It's like, you have, yeah. it's a thing, yeah. but it's, but I think a lot of it, um, really realistically came out of like car culture and motorcycle culture and you had a gang right. and that was, and everybody dressed the same or you had a badge or you had an insignia and you had a name and it was that feeling of belonging. And that was very much, you know, like the, the Beatles all kind of had a unified sort of, you know, uniform and haircut and everything. And so much of the, the, the culture that would stem from those fifties and then through the sixties and in, even into the seventies, you know, there was, there was, there was all about the image and, you know, now we would call it branding, you know, I think it's yeah. what the kind of the modern nomenclature is, you know, what's the brand of the band, but, yeah. um, but it was just sort of inherently happening. And, and I, I think a lot of that also just comes with that, that, uh, you know, the maturing process of, of just going from teenagers where you reject your biological family and then you have to adapt your social family, you know, and right. that's just what you're, you're just, it's part of your, part of your leaving the nest sort of natural yeah. biological evolution. I think everyone goes your through. Your chosen family. Right. Yeah. Your yeah. teens and you, and you probably make some, some bad decisions. You make a lot of mistakes on that chosen family in your teens. So you're still with your family and it can, yeah. it can be contentious. Right. And then by the time yep. you're in your twenties, it's like, well, hope you learned something. That yeah. guy that steals from me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe don't, don't, don't find another one of him. Yeah. That girl, that girlfriend that cheats on you. That's probably don't find another one of her. Hopefully that'll yeah, get right. all that out of your system as early as you can. Like how to not have shitty friends <laughs> in your chosen family, but you never know. Depending. Yeah. That probably, that, that probably depends a lot on your biological family as well. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. And, and probably depends on a lot of luck and randomness. At oh, the same absolutely. Time. Right. I mean, I think of the, the times where, I mean, even what I was talking about or, Maybe what I will talk about next week. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, about, about the you know the reason I ended up in LA was from meeting one person in Idaho. You know, like yeah, completely randomly one person. It just happened that I was taking photos and stayed in touch with uh, Travis, and then like th- four years later, three years later, I was in LA. You know, it was like, if not for that, probably that week of being on campus at the right time when people were skating and taking photos and, and them being like, Hey, uh, just when you get your photos developed, send them to me and I'll put them on. I think they had a website. This was like <laughs> yeah. the beginnings of like websites and everything else. And it was like, this is like changed my life. And one, one afternoon, you know, it's like completely switch flipped it. And I actually remember telling i was developing my photos and and um and our photo professor fran ho who was don ho's cousin the singer which is amazing nice brag yeah and um but i was telling him and i was like yeah i've been taking these photos of these kids that are skating and and 
and they just have like a really interesting, they used to make skate videos and they would send them in and they'd actually get reviewed in like a thrasher for, and there was like the local, they'd make these local things. It was called the, um, capital seven films and they would, and they were all in high <laughs> Sounds school. Sounds very official. Yeah. They were like three, four years younger than me. They would make these great videos. I mean, they were really good skaters, but it was also kind of like pre jackass, kind of like running around and doing pranks and stuff like that. And so they would get their stuff reviewed in Thrasher. They just send it in and, and then, and I was telling him and he's like, I mean, those are kind of the people that you probably should like, if you want to be photographers, you should probably stick around. And I was like, Oh, okay. Thanks dad. Again, one of those really <laughs> random things that just stuck in my head. I'm like, I don't know why I remember that one thing, but that, and I, and that, like that one conversation comes up in my head a lot of like, well, what's this group of people doing? Does it seem like people you should stick around that might be beneficial and might like, like propel you forward to something else interesting or something else new. And I feel like that's always stuck in my head of like, okay, make sure you're around people that are like moving forward and that are interesting, like doing interesting things and, and feel compelled to to like keep moving and working and changing and doing new things and and are creative and whatever and it's always kind of stuck in my head and i feel like like i can be personally a little bit of a chameleon and i can be like oh here's like i'm into art and i'm into this i'm into music but those points of like being in a band like in a band that we never i mean none of us had been even i don't think i mean i guess i'd kind of been in a band before but and just be like, well, I guess we're in a band. We should, we should try to play some shows. And they get in with some shows and then like, wow, these bands are really good. <laughs> <clears throat> we should try to like uh, open up for these guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, we should, we should stick around with these guys. We should go to these shows. We should, and being like, and being in those groups of people that have so much energy and so much creativity, like will propel you forward, whether you like it or not. You know, just being in that energy, like, and you see the openings of, of like all these weird little things open and like someone starts a gallery and then they go, Oh, you do photos, right? You want to do photo? You want to put photos up in the gallery or like, especially when you're younger and there's not really a bunch of money involved and people don't have, have to support themselves. Very, I know. Very I just highly. saw. I just saw a new image. Uh, probably by the time this comes out, it might have already oh, yeah. happened. But new image uh, art is having like, I don't know what it is thirty, 30 years. Thirty, 30 years. years. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. It's so totally. cool. That is such a great like gateway art gallery. Or at least it was at the time. Oh, it still like, is. I think. Yeah. It's incredible. But I mean, even yeah. as like as like a, 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 a just a dumb kid off the street, just to go in and was like, can I see some art? Like, okay. This is pretty cool. Yeah, I think I first went there for like an Ed Templeton art show, and I yeah. just and I just knew skateboarding, and I was like, okay, now I know art. I guess now I went to an art gallery. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd never been to an art gallery before that, or like you know, contemporary art gallery. I'd been to museums, but to see something that was like happening, artists showing work on walls, like like real people right? doing real things in real time. Yeah, yeah, had never yeah. really, had never really I mean, faced with that, you know, in life. <clears throat> well, and I think that's the amazing thing about a bigger city or a a city where things are where there ends up being a scene and those, and those things. Oh, we have a caller. 
Someone's calling wish. in. <laughs> Hello, caller. Yeah. You're on you're uh, live first, on the air. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> um, but that uh, that that was the the amazing thing to me about. I mean, I guess when I first moved to Portland before I moved to LA, but you'd go out to a, a show and go, oh wow, that wait, that's the real guy. That's the guy right there. He's like just having a drink. Others like Elliot Smith is just sitting at the bar. Oh my oh, God! Did you really? see Elliot Smith in Portland? A mm-hmm, couple times, yeah. oh, but it would be the whole. It would be like because that was at the moment that was after Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, but like only a year after, I think. So he had moved to LA, and then you know we'd be at shows, and you'd hear the rumblings of like, "Hey, hey guys, uh, Elliot's coming," or you know, and we're like, oh, "Elliot, man. oh Elliot Smith is coming to this show." Oh, got it. And then he'd come, and then everyone would pretend like they didn't they didn't know they weren't staring at well, him all, all time. of us all of us did because yeah. we were like younger but then all the people that were in the bands there had all played with with wasn't a big him deal and um what was what was the band he was in before heat miser he went solo heat miser so yeah. it was all like the heat miser people and junior high and number two and all these other bands that ended up like playing in his band or uh people that end up playing in his band later and and um, quasi and all that kind of stuff. All those people were always around, but then, and it, and you'd go, Oh wait, that's Jen. Oh, that's, uh, these people are like really famous to me. This is weird <laughs> that they're like hanging out at the bar or maybe even working at the bar. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that, like that was uh, like the, definitely a stepping stone to coming to LA and going to, um, what was to Millie's? You're like, is that Keith Morris? Is he work? Is Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks working at Millie's? Is he serving me eggs right now? This is the craziest thing that's ever happened. Well, it's amazing, but it's so humbling too. Just realizing, oh shit, yeah. life life's fast. Like shit, shit happens. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, uh, yes. I, I think it was also, you know. A good chance if you were anywhere in in the early two thousands, you would see Elliot Smith at a bar, just because the poor guy think, yeah. lived in bars. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, it's not as an uncommon of an occurrence. They're like, oh, you might have been, you know, he might have been at a bar every night in whatever yeah. town he was in. So if you ever yeah, went we to a bar, <laughs> you'd see. We used Elliot. to see him at the um, was this spot in Atwater the uh, that had popcorn, the Roost. Yeah, that's where I'd see him too. Yeah, and I'd never talk to him. I just never no, was me neither. Leave him alone. It was such a bummer. Like, yeah, it was one of my one of my. Um, my photography misses was uh, with Ed uh, Elliot Smith show in Portland. He played the Roseland ballroom and, um, and I knew I had ended up being friendly with a couple with um, like Sean Krogan, who was from junior high. And then that band, they um, members from that band and this other band number two ended up playing in Elliot Smith's band for that tour that year. And so I ended up getting like a backstage, you know, like being on the list or whatever. And he's like, yeah, come take photos. And again, I took photos with like a Holga. I mean, it's just like such a bad move. (laughs) I like photos from far away, like the other side of the stage. And then I was backstage in Portland in 1999, Elliot Smith. So everyone like... I feel like these dudes from pavement were there. Like it was just looking around going, and I was uh, 23, 24. And 
I had gotten the like, no, no, it's okay. You got a, your camera. And I didn't take any photos because I was so scared <laughs> that I was just going to be like, what are you, you be who are you, what are you going to do? And I was sitting there in a group of people and, um, Elliot was like super, I mean, super funny, extremely funny. And like, just, uh, he had a, he had a, like a trucker's hat on. I think it said, who's the man. I think you can look it up. He's where's it? It either says who's the man or I'm the man, and he just kept going like who's the man? I'm the man. Who's the man? I'm and I'm sitting there looking, and I have my camera, and I didn't take any photos. And it was a group of people, like all you'd probably look at them now and be like, oh yeah, this indie is every, rock royalty, everybody oh, yeah. from yeah. Portland <laughs> that ever made amazing music was in like literally in that little group of people, and I have. I only have a mental image of me going, just do it. Just take the photo. Just take the photo. Just take the photo. Just take the photo. You didn't take the photo. (laughs) Oh my God. But it's also how you learn. I mean, that's what would, I guess those are those kind of things that, that the next time you were around a group, hopefully you were just like, Oh yeah, I got to take the photo now. Again, I, no, like, no. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the fifth, it did. No, the it fifth did. time, Sometimes. the fifth it time did. after yeah. being in a big yeah. group of people, I remember the seeing. Tenth. Yeah, I remember being on tour with Atiba Jefferson, who's an incredible photographer on so many yeah. different things. But, but he was always so good at just like, hey, st- stand together. You know, he would just direct yeah. people like, hey, you go stand over there, and he would just hold a camera up. And and you realize like when somebody tells you to do something, you're like, oh okay, I don't know, I'm just standing. Here. I guess I'm supposed to get my yeah. picture taken. Okay. And then he takes yeah. it and you're like, okay, go. Just go. He just did it in such a like a confident kind of way. Like, yeah, that's what I do. Everybody's standing totally. over here. Everybody look this way. Okay, thanks. And totally. then he gets the photo. You're like, wow, that was incredible. How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> he just, and, he just and, told all these people to look at him. Yeah. And having that that confidence. And I think like the confidence is everything, obviously in photography, but that in everything of like in all life, those yeah. moments to be like no, you're in that room because you're supposed to be in that room for whatever oh. reason. I don't, oh my God. However you syndrome. Got, yeah, yeah. Who, however you feeling. got there, whoever let you in the door is letting you in the door because you're supposed to be there. And that you sitting there thinking that like, well, if they only knew, if they only knew how <laughs> horrible I was, they would never, they would never have let, they must've thought I was somebody else. Like that Meanwhile, every, everybody's mind is thinking the same thing. Oh, everybody <laughs> in the room the is like, oh, I'm not supposed to be room. here. There's all these other famous yeah. people. I'm not the famous yeah. person here. Like, no, you're not like, the famous I gotta, person. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to put on an act to pretend I'm the real guy yeah. that I am. Yeah. But that, that totally will just like, will oh. just, just, it's like your body or, or your brain trying to protect you from potential failure at all times to no. be like, guess what's much easier? Not even being here. <laughs> I, let's, risk, let's find a, risk let's nothing. find a way, Go yeah, let's hole. find a way, let's find a way to uh, pretend that we're not supposed to be here. So we don't have the ability to even fail. Oh my God. Yeah. I, um, it reminds me, I, I, we no ways played uh, Altamar's parties that um, my boy Valentine curated, which was insane that we were able to do that. But, um, and you know, uh, the, my blade Valentine's one of my, you know, kind of 
favorite hero bands, you know, that I discovered at a time when they had already been broken up. And I was like, wow, I worship this band, but I'll never see them, let alone ever interface. I, I wrote, a, I remember this early days of the internet, there was this uh, journalist, Ned Raggett, who had a radio show and he had a transcript of an interview he did with Kevin Shields from like 96 or 95. Mm-hmm. And this is when Kevin Shields was kind of just in hiding. It was like the only, like the only way to see. So I like wrote him and sent him like $2 in a stamp, self-adjust stamped envelope. And he printed out the transcript and like mailed it to me. It was like, I was so, I was like obsessed, obsessed to try and figure out That's as much amazing. as I could about Kevin Shields. Like anyway, you know, we're playing this thing and they're like, Oh, Hey, there's a, there's a party in one of the chalets. It's, it's like this Altamore's party thing in England was like, every, there's just, everyone's on the stays in the same grounds. It's like a big holiday center. They said, you know, we're like, so there's just, like, there's this, this whole apartment and it's just for the bands to hang out after the show. And we were, you know, invited. And so it's like the VIP of the VIP kind of thing. It's like, there's yeah. a, there's the backstage area, but then there's like, this is the extra area afterwards. And I remember going there. It's like, Oh, well, this is wow. Okay. Everybody's playing is here. And then I, and then I walked into a room kind of looking for the bathroom and it was uh, Kevin Shields and um, Jay Mascus. And like, <laughs> just in this room, I think there was weed, you know, being involved or something. Yeah. And I just kind of like stood there for a minute and I like walked in and I like closed the door behind me. Like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey guys, you know, I play guitar. I was in a band yeah. I played tonight. I think I've tried to say something and you know, um, it was, it was very clear. That was not, <laughs> I was not supposed yeah. to be there. You're like, oh no, I found my way into this room. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's cool. It's cool. I could be around here, but, pro- but, but not right, right here. This is probably yeah. not the, 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 okay. I'm going to stand five feet over there and that's probably better, but it's like, one door too many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found the, the, the rings of hell. Like I found somehow yeah. I found myself in the center. Like, oh, oh no, no, no. Okay. Okay. But yeah. the social was awkwardness was right off the chain. outside this door. Yeah. Just yeah. right on the other side though. I'm fine, uh, I'm fine right out there. <laughs> I mean, oh, but maybe good. that's just my own um, lack of confidence. Maybe I should have just been like, what's up, fuckers? You fucking jamming some guitar? Who, who likes whammy bars and offset fenders? Fuck yeah, bros. Shit's, shit's tight. Loud amps. Like, hey, Marshall, Marshall, what's up? Okay. Pretty cool. I'm, I'm loud. You're loud. We're all loud, right? Hey, go figure. Yeah, where did I come up with my shit? I don't know. Like, I've just been Crazy. listening to you guys for fucking 30 years. I don't know. It's pretty cool, but we're all here now, and I definitely belong. We're, we're contemporaries, right? Pretty sweet. Congratulations. You just met me. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the hat I needed. I needed Elliot yeah. Smith's Who's the Man hat. I needed to wear that. <laughs> Who's the man? man? And then you just leave. And then but, they're like, bunch oh, of fucking I remember nerds. that guy. <laughs> yeah. And knowing them, that probably would have been just fine. I don't think it would have fought me about that if I would have come in all guns yeah. blazing. They're probably like, eh, all right, well, yeah. all right, but, that makes sense. Yep, yeah. <laughs> feedback. Yeah, feedback. Yeah. Feedback. Mm, feedback. Yeah. Uh-huh. Feedback. Yeah. yeah. Whammy bar delay. Delay. Feedback. Whammy bar delay. Yeah. That's why I imagine they taught their conversation was I walked into. <laughs> just no sentences. Just, yeah. All right. Guitar. 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 Notes. Uh, notes. Notes. Loud notes. Yeah. But I've definitely felt that way. Oh, but the, oh, the other thing you had, you had mentioned earlier, though, we were just talking about the being around people, you know, just kind of knowing who to kind of just hang around. Was yeah. I definitely remember growing up skateboarding. It was like if you skated, even just have like one session or like if I was ever, ever able to meet up with like the better skaters, like our group yeah. was not good. I was not good. I never was good, but my group was also just friends. We were, we were friends before we were skaters. That's how we kind yeah. of got all, all got into it at the same time. And then, um, but we'd see the kids that were good. 
And then just sessioning a curb or something or something together. It was like, oh, we all instantly got better that for that one day, for that one afternoon. Yeah. Like we were all better because those guys were better. And just seeing them do it, like, oh, okay, they could pull this off versus our like 500 attempts at like a nose slide that just never worked. We'd see this yeah. guy do, uh, actually pull something off and be like, okay, I can do it. And then, you know, and so definitely hanging around good skaters made me a better skater. Yeah. Even just make it makes you try 20% harder. There's something just to about be like, well, the proximity I don't wanna, of it. I don't want to look like a complete idiot. <laughs> so I need to at least like, I'm really trying to impress these guys. Yeah. Or is that thing of like, just, just hang in there. Just don't, don't yeah. bail. Don't bail as early. Cause if you know, yeah. you're, you're going to look lame if you keep bailing. It's, Cause you know, what that, you, you know what you're doing wrong, but when you're with your friends, just dicking around, it's like, it doesn't matter if, if I'm, I don't want to be better than my friends because I'd look like an asshole. But when there's somebody better there, then you're like, oh, we should all try to be little, at least as good as that guy. Should, come on. Well, and then that one time when it's someone who's really good at something and you just hear like a like a little clap from the back and you're like, to that guy? All right. <laughs> oh, he's supporting and you. Because like, I really almost good. landed it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I tried it was, hard. It was good for you, yeah. <laughs> I remember talking to Ray Barbie about that. It was like, your personal best. Like, that was good for yeah. you. Yeah. Like, okay, that's enough. But yeah, it's, it's funny, all those little things. So yeah, so, so knowing Jeff from, from young people, I was, I tell the story, you know, in the episode, but I was just so blown away because they were such an awkward band, but they, I'd never seen a band really play with that kind of presentational sort of meta commentary of what it is to be performing. You know, I think looking back on it, I, you know, I was, I had a little bit of, um, the dogma 95 sort of art house, you know, kind of yeah. some, some situation, situational awareness of, of art and art happening around me, but never really experiencing it, but kind of at least, you know, educationally or something, you know, and that kind of like, I think there's a Brechtian kind of calling attention to the fourth walls or, you know, I think there could be, I'm sure there's a better way that they were thinking of it. Um, or they were just weird, but I think that was intentional. Yeah. A lot of the weirdness too. They played with that weirdness and the space and the time and the pausings of it, but it really put, you as audience, like on edge of like, okay, is there, are they going to play another note or is the song over with, or is it going to keep going? Or like that kind of feeling, it was not a, um, a roller coaster ride of what you did, like big, big song, big finish. Yeah. And everybody claps. And then they say, thank you. Thank you. Here's our next song. It was just these kind of movements and sounds and, you, you know, kind of like, um, performances or, you know what I mean? Or just kind of like a flick of a hand on like a guitar, like, okay. Like that was, it was all of these little moments and movements were all like thought out and part of the band and the presentation of whatever it was. And it was like definitely in like enrapturing and kind of felt like, whoa, okay, this is, I've never really experienced a band quite like this. That's amazing. Well, I loved when he talked about it and when you were bringing it up and he's like, oh no, we were really uncomfortable and maybe kind of fighting a lot. And there was, <laughs> there was, there was some, there were a lot of issues from time to time. But then I wrote down this quote that he said, he was like, but then there were these moments where the sun was peeking through the clouds when it felt like the sun was peeking through the clouds was when it really worked. And I thought that wow. that was such a great, like such a great line to be like, you have like them going through all of these tougher times of going, Oh God. Okay. Are we going to pull this <laughs> off? Are we going to pull this off? And then all of a sudden there would be a moment that, that was working that, but I don't know that band. I never no. saw them play live. So, but I feel like that could even be said in the context of like their set, you know what I mean? Where it was like, Oh, it's all this tension, like within the set happening. And then there's one like 30 seconds of a song where it's like, Whoa. But, yeah. But it's contrasted to the, 
the, the kind of bleak nothingness of the of the whole. You know what I mean? It's all about the light and dark, right? That contrast of something. Like if it if, if everything was just like uh, crescendo, I'm like oh well, you don't you don't really have a sense of dynamics at all. It's all yeah. at a hundred all the time. But um, I think it was also around the time you know of bands like Godspeed You Black Emperor or the Dirty Three. Right. You know, I think there was very the, much this kind of um, I don't even know what it was called or low or you know what I mean these yeah. these kind of like slow post whatever post rock kind of things of like long beautiful but tense kind of things yeah. like oh this is this is this is really uncomfortable or not you know almost or, like cinematic so, so yeah there you go cinematic or yeah i think slint is another band that kind of put yeah. in that sort of position of like okay things are happening and it's building and it's building oh but uh, and then it goes to something and then you, yeah i think they kind of were working somewhere or you know it'd be they'd be recommended by the algorithm of, yeah. <laughs> if you like this you like this <laughs> but then i remember then they I think it was that thing too, or I think Jeff, and I guess I, I'm, I'm intimating or I'm inferring because I don't really know and I didn't feel comfortable enough to ask him, but it felt like Jeff always had this sense that like we could push this further or we could do more with this, you know, in, in the sense yeah. of like making money as a band or functioning just as like a band out in the world that puts out more than one record or could tour or play more more than one show a week. You know, it seemed like he always wanted some kind of sense of like a functioning band. Yeah. And I think it was tough just for whatever internal internal politics of of their friendships or or you know yeah. discomforts personally within those three people of young people. But so but they they put a record out. Their second record, the first record was on Five RC, which was the Kill Rock Stars sort of artier imprint, which was really mm -hmm. cool. And then um, and then the second record was on Dimmock, which was like the Steve Aoki oh, kind wow. of like yeah. cool guy sort of thing that had a lot yeah. of like dancey stuff. And but that seemed they also, odd. They started with mostly rock and right. like kind of not emo, but what would you call Posse core. Yeah. yeah. I don't was, know. Well, yeah. Cause yeah. You, Steve was in a band with Rodinger, our, our friend, uh, Brian right. Rodinger, who was a graphic designer called this machine kills, which was a very kind oh, wait, of earnest know, thing. Like again, I didn't know Brian was in that band. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay. And Brian had his label handheld heart and then Steve had dim mock and mm -hmm. they were putting out stuff. And, but anyway, so, so the, the second young people record was on dim mock, which again, you know, it seems like a good, you know, they had, you know, that label had attention around it and yeah, then they went on tour sure. with it, and they went on tour in Europe with the kills again, a yeah. good, you know, something you think was good, but I just get the sense that the, that young people, the internal of the people who were not Jeff were just having a hard time with this kind of like functioning as a band in this world. Yeah. And they were, and it, but it was such a funny mix of it too. It was like, wow, this band is really serious. And now here they are, you know, when I saw them in, in Bordeaux, it was like, what a strange, like, I don't know what the context <laughs> is that they would fit into the larger picture. I love that you were like, yeah. And then I just stayed at your hotel room. <laughs> I love that. I was such, I was such oh, a, pro the 20s. A, a professional little brother too. I just think I'd always been the little brother, yeah. you know, just of all my older brother's friends and everything. And so the idea of like, you know, like, Hey guys, can I just, I'll just crash here. I mean, I was staying on the floor somewhere else. So like one floor yeah. is different than another floor. I was 22 backpacking through Europe for yeah. six months, first, first, no, sorry, for six weeks with like $200 in my pocket. Like yeah. I had no business. You're like, you guys will never, you, you'll never even know I'm here guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in I just don't want to sleep in the rain again. Yeah. I'm blowing up their bathroom, taking a shower, like, <laughs> making a coffee. What are you guys um, doing today? <laughs> like what's going on? Like, dude. <laughs> I do remember he did mention though about the, in the interview when he was like, I felt like sometimes the music didn't, there wasn't like a f finale. 
He right. felt like it would go somewhere and then it would just like peter out. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I feel like you're right in the sense that he probably saw, saw more of a, a future, like could see a little bit farther in the future and maybe the, yeah, the other was, members were like, no, we're, st- we're, we're here. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he was looking for something more traditional, which then would make sense leading into his involvement with Lavender Diamond and right. Becky Stark, who I think also came from, I think Becky also came from that Brown world. And, yeah. uh, and we were talking about before the mics turned on that I think, you know, the Becky Stark experience was sort of half character, half person the, the, yeah. the lines blurred but i think jeff's involvement was very much from a i've played in bands i think this thing could work i think becky has cool music and if i play the guitar correctly <laughs> or, or if right. i play this right you know and then it seemed a little bit more mature too than the other bands obviously he had now kind of as he was getting older as each band you know would form and he sort of seemed to be the uh the serious or not so not serious but just the, the guy who knew what he was doing the guy who had had experience yeah. doing totally. he put, put records out he'd gone on tour so this is how this was going to work and and again i don't know the insights you know i don't think jeff really we didn't talk about too much but it seemed like there was i don't think it was ever his ship to steer you know, yeah. and so it was that kind of thing of like, okay, I think he just finally kind of got frustrated by that point of like, okay, all of this work and experience I have and kind of driving this thing that, you know, ultimately he should have the Jeff Rosenberg experience. He should have the yeah, Jeff Rosenberg totally. band because that's sort of, he, he's got it all figured out, you know, it's, but, but again, if, you know, I understand that, re- that hesitance or what reticence to be the side guy versus trying to be the guy. Oh, I can know, imagine. Those, those times. Yeah. Takes a lot. Having to run it, especially now. like music music wise i think it's pretty tough yeah but maybe yeah but i think everything's kind of more right-sized for him and it sounds like he's going to be doing some recording and i've always i've always just loved his sense of timing and space and arrangements within songs he's done and he shared with me his band camp of the stuff he's doing now and i was i told i was like dude i'm down to play this sounds incredible it's just really that would be amazing there's something very elemental and i think and that's part of it too of just like the imprint on me as a young person watching young people the band just goes like oh these are great kind of just like um melodic movements or or tension-filled moments of like how to use this guitar in this kind of expressive way and another sort of sense of abstraction, but still within a more traditional melodic sort of piece. I don't know. I think I've, I've tried that in different times with, uh, with no age, even, you know, just to sort of invoke that, like I'm going to hit this note and just kind of let it sit there, you know, and then sort of give space to things. I think they're really good at having that kind of space. And Mm -hmm. I, I tend to, get busy and become more of a maximalist. So I, I try to every once in a while, I'll go back into my, like my baby brain and be like, right. Young people think young people. Okay. Uh-huh. Give it, give it space. I feel like Let no age has a lot of space. There's a lot of repetition. <laughs> a lot of repetition. Yeah. Repetition I mean, and space. Aren't no, but I mean like repetitive, like yeah. it's not like getting clogged up with a bunch of, bunch of uh, stuff that doesn't need Same to be thing. there. Oh, that's good. That's probably Dean's. Yeah. That's probably Dean's. Uh, uh, He's like, uh, cut that part, cut that yeah. part, cut that part. <laughs> can, we, can we let the song breathe? They keep choking the songs with all your backwards guitar solos and delayed uh, stereo effects. Like, oh, they just sound so good. Well, however, however it ends up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No. Sound field. There's a lot of space in sound. No, that's field. true. That's true. Yeah, I, I try to. I try my best. I think I always. Yeah. I always. I do. I love how up. he locked you into. Uh, to recording during the interview, though. <laughs> oh, do we talk about like, okay, yeah, that? Was so on hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you're going to come uh, 
<laughs> come by record, the studio, right? Yeah. Oh, All good. Right, that's one way to do it. That's on. That's on the mics. Okay. It would have been know. weird if you're like, eh, I mean, you know, my people call your people. <clears throat> see what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Totally. Let's see. Uh, let's see what how our schedules look. <laughs> oh shit. No, I, I I love Jeff so much. I know yeah. him so much. The last the last thing too is I I told I asked him before the the mics came on. I was like. Cause I, there's something, you know, some people, I think, you know, like we were saying too, just talking to heroes or talking, catching up with people. There's also stuff. I feel like I'm not good at like, it's just a normal conversation. Like you say over beers at, at a bar or at, you know, yeah. getting coffee with somebody catching up. It's like, you don't really do the whole, like, so where are you from? Where did you go to school? Oh, yeah, yeah. And my wife is, yeah. is great. Cause she always asks like, Oh, so, you know, like who is this person? You know, I'm like, uh, it's a guy, you know, I, I, I know him. We play, we played guitars. Yeah. Where did he grow up? Is he married? Does he have kids? Did he get his degree? Where did, who does he know? Like, where does it? I'm like, I never ask these questions. I don't know who half of my friends I know nothing about. No I just know yeah. we get together and talk about whatever we talk about or play music or, you know, talk bullshit. But it's never, I never think to ask people's biographies. So this, this podcast is really <laughs> dedicated to Shannon. If she were ever to ask me anything <laughs> about any of these people, I could refer back yeah. to this, my archive of podcasts. Like, okay, hold yeah. on. I know I have his whole CV here. Hold on. Let me uh, yeah. find it. Listen to episode four. Yeah. I have, I have an appendix here for everything. <laughs> hey, you're from Wisconsin, right? Yes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I always thought you were from Wisconsin. Nope. Yep. Never been there. Yeah. Got so if you, you'll okay, notice, well, yeah. Start there, then. <laughs> As the episodes go. Yeah. I usually try to like, try to let them tell me about themselves because I don't know anything. But the, yeah. uh, oh, those things. Oh, so I'd always heard that Jeff was somehow related to Eminem's manager. And I was like, oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know what that means. You know, and I never, and again, it's this thing, like, unless the person brings it up, I don't ever feel comfortable. Like, but, but before the mics are on, I was like, why, you know, we were kind of breaking ice and, and we were about to record it. And I thought I would at least throw it out there just to see if there was anything worth talking yeah. about. And he said he would talk about it if we felt like it, but also, but I guess it's his cousin. Uh, oh, wow. It's, Amazing. Uh, I think Paul Rosenberg. Paul Rosenberg. Is yeah. Jeff Rosenberg's cousin, right? With there you go. That's the Rosenberg. <laughs> Amazing. But, but I guess, but then also because he's from Michigan or from Detroit, which would also make sense. We kind of place him around the M&M world of things. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like I could really, we were talking about so much other stuff and, you know, his father passing and going to school and Providence. I was like, this is a Providence yeah. thing. When I do my M&M theme month, when we all, <laughs> when I talk to people, the M&M story on hyphenate. I mean, you have so many people close to M&M. Right? Yeah. We could really, I could really, really get in there. Do a whole month. Maybe we have to find like six Thursdays. So I could really have a whole M&M month. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was at least interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's awesome. <laughs> but I, I also good, wondered, oh, sorry. I, I love a good random, random family, like uh, relation to somebody. Relation. Something. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess the, my thought though is I wondered if having a successful cousin like that in the music industry ever was like a, a if I were to ask, if we, you know, if we got to talk to him, if, if it was ever somehow a, like a stick in the eye, like, well, here I am, I'm doing music, but I'm doing like art music in a weird underground kind of scene in Los Angeles. And my cousin is managing the largest, like the, 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 the living embodiment of Elvis, you know, yeah. or whatever, yeah, right. kind of like the largest uh, pop superstar in the world at the moment or some kind of Michael Jackson, like Godhead pop figure. Like, mm-hmm. is, is that, is that intimidating or is that inspiring or is there in any way that that like helps or hurts you? You know, I can't quite figure that out. Yeah. I, I wonder. Know. I mean, it could mean go nothing both, at all. It could go both ways. I feel like some of those things are when you know someone, like even if you're surrounded by people who are like doctors, Oh, I know some doctors you're like, Oh, I guess you, that there is a path to becoming a doctor. Huh? It is. It is Whereas realistic. You, yeah. Yeah. It's realistic. Like if you don't, 
if you don't know any of that stuff, it just seems like I don't even know how to open the door or like where the door even is to knock on to even get to this point. Or if you have someone in some kind of music industry or something, it would be like, well, I don't know. My cousin did it. It's a phone call. At least I could take a phone call. So it's like a real thing. You like, um, should I talk to Dr. Dre? I mean, what do I do? What's the, (laughs) what's the, what's the next step I should do? What worked, what worked for uh, Marshall Mathers? Like, can can you, can I do anything like that? Is there any, Yeah, we're probably pretty similar. Like I'm good at my (laughs) instrument. He's good at his instrument, you know? Yeah. Yeah, could something uh, is there? Is there some? Is there some, any advice? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't bring it up. I figure that's a good. This, the halftime's a good place. The 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 back nine of the of the halftime's a good place yeah. to bring up stuff that I didn't bring up in the interview. Yeah, in case right. Anybody gets to it. If All you right. want me to answer as uh, Jeff Rosenberg, well, yeah. as what Jeff do you Rosenberg, think you would say? I'm yeah. gonna tell you. We can role play this out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a good one next week. The end of halftime five fucking Thursdays uh, yeah. theme month is uh, Hasham Barucha. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Soft Circle. You may know him on Instagram as Soft Circle. Yeah. And uh, please go to his Instagram page and, and leave a like, comment, and review of, of his episode when you get there and tell him you were there in 2010 or whatever yes. back in the day. Like and subscribe. Like, like and subscribe. subscribe. Yep. Uh, but uh, but also, yeah, Hasham played drums in Black Dice and played in his own band, Soft Circle, and also has a band now called Kill Alters, which is going out on tour. So um, the Hasham Barucha interview is coming up uh, this Thursday. So And I believe, didn't Jeff Jeff and Hisham play? In some, he mentioned Hisham playing on his drums on something he did in the past as well so that sounds right at some point yeah, yeah. i think they were the, they were they were both in black dice and hasham yeah. was in black dice maybe jeff so. also played in a show or something probably <laughs> i think that's what it was i love and i just think i just love that too just the incestuous nature of all of these bands these this providence it. scene you know i think was definitely you know a huge influence on on i think what was going on and and well, you know, in my generation of the smell, where it just felt like everybody should just start a band every week and you just start another band and play another show. Like you could do everybody from these bands, you know, just be hanging out in the alley or watching another band. Like we should start a band. Let's start a different band. Yeah. We could just play, even if we just only played one show or whatever it is. It was like, just, that was just, yeah, that fun of it all. Open for your friends, do some weird artsy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the, the Providence stuff, I don't, I feel like the smell did not get down with the amount of masks and, and costumes. I think there was something about it, the proximity to the art school and somehow oh, there totally. must've been, there must've been like a plush teddy bear factory or something somewhere in Providence <laughs> that, that I've yet to uncover. There's the, the, the third leg of this, uh, of this art scene. Like, okay, I get the art, I get the, the, the silk screening, the printing, the loud music. Okay. We figured that out. But now where did all these fucking plush animals and weird <laughs> neon colored yarn sculptures come from? I think LA can also uh, take itself a bit seriously at times. So even, even for younger people, because there are actual like opportunities here to grow, I think. And I think, I think to look silly by covering yourself in a ghillie suit made of pink yarn. Or if you do like, you have to be like the one (laughs) you have to, you have to be like, that's my sense of it. Cause the, the silliness works here but only if you're like the silliest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> only if you like have a, D- if, a comedy central show. Yeah. Or and not if yeah, you're like one it. of like, like if you're like Jack Black, you can be, if you can works. be Jack Black. Yeah. If that'd yeah. be Jack Black. If you can't be him yeah. then just don't even bother. Yeah. No, no, so just no, take it seriously and make no silly voices and karate moves. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, there we go. We'll, we'll leave it there. Be silly. <laughs> Be silly. Wear masks. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Email us at hyphenate halftime at gmail.com and tell us what silly things you did this week. Or go yes. ahead and comment on our Instagram pages. You can find me at Randy S. Randall on Instagram. Fuck Twitter or X, whatever the hell that is. I'm not on that shit. Where, yeah. where can people find you, Aaron Farley? Oh, mine's just at Aaron Farley on uh, Instagram. And is, that, is that with seven A's or how many A's are in A thousand. Farley? A thousand, thousand A's. A's. Okay. Yes. All, all of the A's. And, the, and they're mostly in the front, but some, half of them are somewhere in the middle of it too. So. Yeah. As many A's as you can use. And then <laughs> that's where you start. The big A, the little A, they're all over the place. They're yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. That's it. All right. Bye. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.